Today on We Here, Leah Michelle has apologized to her former Glee co-star, and it is an apology for the ages. Quibi staffers are fuming because Reese Witherspoon got a $6 million payday while the startup is struggling. And a celebrity psychic sees a lot happening for the Vanderpump Rules cast. Coming up next on We Here. Oh my god. We're on page six? No. Oh. No. Yeah. Another divorce splashed across page six. Page six would have a field day. Hey there, I'm Maggie Coglin. And I'm Ian Moore, and welcome to We Hear, a Page Six podcast. We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. So Maggie, this story about Leah Michelle that we talked about has developed, and now it turns out there's way more to the story. I know. It's funny because Glee has been off the air for so long that even when we were talking about it yesterday, we were struggling to figure out what Glee fans were called because it's so long ago. But we're talking about how Leah Michelle behaved on the set of Glee after one of her co-stars said she threatened to shit in her wig and made her life a living hell. Right. Leah Michelle had posted um, something about George Floyd's death. And then this co-star from back in the day came back to remind her, hey, you made my life a living hell on the set. Yes. You're not so nice. Samantha Ware is that actress's name, and she said Leah's behavior made her want to leave Hollywood. But now, you know, we've got all these updates. So Leah Michelle has lost her partnership with HelloFresh, which is a food delivery company. I honestly didn't even know she had a partnership with HelloFresh. Did you? No, I didn't. And I wonder, I don't know, maybe I'm just not in the HelloFresh demographic. Is this one of the services that sends you... Is it just groceries or is it like a box of stuff that you then actually have to prepare and make salmon teriyaki? Even before Leah Michelle apologized, which she now has, she was dropped by HelloFresh, as you said. She does have some other sponsorship deals, right? But there's no word on those yet. That's right. So on Wednesday, she apologized and she said, One of the most important lessons of the last few weeks is that we need to take the time to listen and learn about other people's perspectives and any role we have played or anything we can do to help address the injustices that they face. Then she goes on to talk about when she tweeted the other day in support of the Black Lives Matter protests, she hoped that she could show her support for her friends and neighbors and, quote, communities of colors during this difficult time. But, you know, this response from Samantha Ware was not what she was expecting. So she continued with her explanation saying, while I don't remember ever making this specific statement and I have never judged others by their background or color of their skin, that's not really the point. What matters is that I clearly acted in ways which hurt other people, whether it was my privileged position and perspective that caused me to be perceived as insensitive or inappropriate at times, or whether it was just my immaturity and me being unnecessarily difficult, I apologize for my behavior and for any pain which I have caused. That's a Mm. lengthy apology. It's a lengthy Mm -hmm. Um, non-apology. It's so funny because... Increasingly, we've seen these celebrity apologies. It's like the celebrity statements when stars break up and get divorced, right? And they all have a familiar ring to them, right? Of, you know, whether it's conscious uncoupling or how they're co-parenting and 
co-parenting their pets with love and respect, and they love each other so much. <laughs> and please respect our privacy at this time. We love each other so much that we're breaking up. And in one week when the divorce filing hits, you'll be writing about how we've accused each other of all these horrible things. Um, mm-hmm. It's similar with these apologies. It's like the first part of the apology you read, I mean, I, I think it's good she apologized, but it's like I don't necessarily know what she's talking about. Um, it sounds like it went through a PR robot um, that you yes. know she called she called her PR person or whoever, and they was like, "What do I do?" Or we need crisis PR, and they're like, "Well, we've got apology A. That's always a good one." Or you could go with <laughs> apology B, which is really popular right now, and apology C, although we don't recommend that one. Um, and then you could always say what you really think or use your own words, but I wouldn't do that. Um, and then, so the first part is sort of the gobbledygook of, I don't even know what you're talking about. And then the second part you read, I love how it's like, I don't recall ever saying this. Right. I yes. don't recall any of this. I, I never did anything, but I'm apologizing for my, you know, my overall behavior and I was insensitive. So it's like, so you kind of, maybe you don't recall this exact thing, but Overall, you were a total asshole. So, well, this is like if you probably did do insensitive things. Like, did did you do it or not? Like, right? Yeah. Either deny it and be like, you know what, I never did that. I treated it. You know, I I never had a problem with this person. Or I just it, it it's strange. It's like the non apology apology. Either own up to it or not. But I'm not really sure. I mean, the interesting thing is that as you mentioned, her endorsement got dropped even before the apology came out. So, you know, it seems like the accusation is credible because other people have kind of backed up Samantha Ware online who were involved with Glee. But I don't know, this apology to me, it's like, I mean, I think it's good she's apologizing, I guess, but it doesn't sound like an apology to me. It's very, I'm sorry you feel that way, which is kind of a backhanded apology. You're like, are you sorry? Or you're calling me out for having a reaction to how you acted or how you allegedly acted, I should say. Right. And it's also like I was never. Yeah. And I think it takes it down from sort of the racial aspect where it's like, I don't remember this particular thing and I always treat everyone with respect, but, you know, maybe I was a diva on the set and I'm sorry about that. I think it's also this is kind of a prophylactic apology. I would call it because it's almost like, well, there are probably going to be a lot more people coming out with a lot more stuff. And now that I think about it, I was kind of a jerk when I was on that show. So like, maybe I should just say like, I never did this, but sorry for my overall insensitivity for all of the tweets that you will be seeing in the comments of this tweet with the other retweet and the other tweet. Mm -hmm. But what this apology reminded me of was celebrities are so... They're they're so good at bad apologies. It's like incredible. It's my favorite genre. Like you said before, when someone gets divorced and they kind of do their whole spiel about how you're going to be best friends forever and they love their dogs and who gets the plant. And it's like nobody cares. Just say like he or she cheated. I hate them forever. Let me catch you on a red carpet. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I have been thinking about like great apologies of the past. And the first one that came to mind was back in 2012. You might remember the scandal of that year was when Kristen Stewart, the Twilight actress, was caught by a photographer with Rupert Sanders, who was her then director for Snow White and the Huntsman. They were kissing and 
basically, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson, the leads in Twilight, had had this whole showmance that really lent to the franchise and the fans were really into it. And now we had pictures of her cheating on Pattinson with the director, the married director of Snow White and the Huntsman. Do you remember this? I sure do. I remember it vividly. And I mean, similarly to Glee, Twilight, of course, had a similar type of rabid fan base, the mm-hmm. Twihards. I don't need to even strange remember what they were called as opposed to the Gleeks, Gleeks yeah. and Twihards. So, you know, reading about this now, all these years removed from it, she was only 22, which is pretty insane that the the world of celebrity gossip lost its mind over this. But this was such a scandal that they released a comment to People magazine. Full disclosure, I was working there at the time, so I remember when this came in and how earth-shattering it was. But this is this is the comment and the apology. Are you ready? Hit me. I'm deeply sorry for the hurt and embarrassment I've caused to those close to me and to everyone this has affected. This momentary indiscretion has jeopardized the most important thing in my life, the person I love and respect the most, Rob. I love him. I love him. I'm so sorry. What is that? Like, this is a 22-year-old woman. Like, give this girl a break. You know what I mean? She doesn't need to grovel or say, I love him. I love him. I'm so sorry. Who handled this? I like the I love him. I love him. Um, Double love. Yeah, that's more like kind of an eighth grade apology. I like that. It's like you talk to your best friend in eighth grade and they help you craft that. That sort of sounds like something you might write in someone's yearbook. Or a note in the locker, you slip it in and you're like, well, very note in the locker. (laughs) Well, you know, thinking of celebrity apologies, of course, I think one of the most famous celebrity apologies, which more people should take a page from, was the Hugh Grant apology. Do you remember that on on The Tonight Show? Yes. After Hugh Grant was. A live apology. Yeah, after Hugh Grant was caught cheating because he was cruising around Hollywood with Divine Brown, mm-hmm. if you remember that name, and then yep. got arrested for like a lewd conduct charge or something. And um, and he, he, of course, had been with Elizabeth Hurley. And, you know, there's certain couples in Hollywood. I mean, I feel like that's why people were so obsessed with Brad and Jen, you know, um, mm-hmm. Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, because there's certain couples that I think people look at. And Pete, you even have these people in your friend group where you're like, man, that couple proves to me that love exists. And then they break right. up and everyone's yep. like, oh, no, mm-hmm. it doesn't. So Hugh Grant and Liz Hurley, I think, seemed like the perfect couple. Um, in any event, Hugh Grant, when he went on The Tonight Show and Jay Leno asked him, what the hell were you, hell were you thinking? He went into one of his sort of sputtering, charming English <laughs> shticks and was saying, you know, people give, keep giving me tons of ideas on this one in terms of the apology. I keep reading new psychological theories and stuff like that. You know, I was under pressure. I was overtired, stuff like that. I was lonely. I fell down the stairs as, as a child or whatever. And then he said, I think that, you know, in life, pretty much what's a good thing to do and what's a bad thing. I did a bad thing. And there you have it. Great so, apology. So great. Textbook. But that thing is like, it would be better if people just sort of spoke in their own words than feeding it through the apologyometer. The the apology I should actually call the apology bot. But you know, that's not even in the ear of the apology, that's not even the 
The only apology of the the week, Maggie, there have been a few yeah. others. You might have seen that Evan Peters, mm-hmm. who was on American Horror Story, he he got in a controversy because he, tw- he retweeted a tweet that condoned violence against looters and got a lot of backlash online. And then he went back on Twitter. He he deleted it and said he didn't condone the the clip that he tweeted. And then he he said, I unknowingly retweeted it. I unknowingly, maybe it was a pocket retweet. I unknowingly retweeted it. I'm deeply upset it got on my newsfeed. I sincerely apologize if anyone was offended. I support Black Lives Matter wholeheartedly. That's a little bit of almost in the Anthony Weiner school of the I didn't where where you have a technological snafu. And, you know, I think a lot of people when they would apologize would go straight for the hack. Like that originally that was an easy one. I was hacked. I didn't I didn't do it, you know. But I think that now that we know a lot more about how social media works and how, you know, computers work, we sort of realize that the the hacking as a blanket excuse mm-hmm. isn't really it, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Just six years ago, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Solange, after the Met Gala, elevator fight, footage is released, the world goes wild. They released an exclusive statement to the Associated Press. That was just six years ago. Now we have to go on Instagram to read these apologies. Levels of celebrity have really changed. So when Beyonce and Jay-Z released this statement to the Associated Press, this is what it said. As a result of the public release of the elevator security footage from Monday, May 5th, there has been a great deal of speculation about what triggered the unfortunate incident. But the most important thing is that our family has worked through it. Jay and Solange each assume their share of responsibility for what has occurred. They both acknowledge their role in this private matter that has played out in the public. They both have apologized to each other, and we have moved forward as a united family. Whew, that's a statement. Move forward, united. Well, I want to apologize, Maggie. I had recently mentioned on the show that one of the um, beard care products I have is a Hungarian beard wax Mm-hmm. And uh, we got an angry letter about it. So I'm sorry for mentioning the words Hungarian beard wax. No one should ever have to hear those three words strung together. Thank you. Staffers at Quibi are pretty upset because Reese Witherspoon has walked away with a $6 million payday while the company is undergoing layoffs. Yeah, apparently Reese Witherspoon got $6 million, our own Sarah Nathan of Paid Six Reports, to narrate a show on Quibi called Fierce Queens. It gives a feminist slant to nature documentaries by exploring heroic female animals, including cheetahs, hyenas, and ants, Hmm. telling viewers, imagine a world where females call all the shots. It's unfortunate that it has to be in the animal kingdom and it's not the human world. <laughs> That's a, that was very good. I agree with you on that. Um, but apparently the show, which is produced by the BBC, has not been doing well on Quibi. And you may have followed how Quibi, which is Jeffrey Katzenberg, the former Disney and DreamWorks guru's new streaming service, hasn't been doing so well. So a source had told Sarah, Quibi may have to implement cutbacks and people are fuming that stars like Reese 
got paid millions. But she's not the only one, right? Like they've done deals with Jennifer Lopez, LeBron James, like a lot of big names are attached to Quibi right now. Yeah. Reese Witherspoon's husband, Jim Toth, who was a really big power agent at CAA, he actually left the agency after 23 years to work for Katzenberg's startup, and he's the head of content acquisition and talent. So, of course, he has amazing relationships in Hollywood and got all these huge stars to do projects at at Quibi. But unfortunately for Quibi, it's launched at kind of a really bad time for a streaming service that you can only watch on your phone that shows kind of short format content. And it's really targeted at viewers who are, you know, commuting or on the go. You know, you're in an airport or you're on your way to work. You could you could follow a series with some really big stars and, you know, maybe the each episode is, I don't know, you know, up to 10 minutes or something like that. But with everyone locked down in the coronavirus pandemic situation, you know, people at home, it's like you're taking care of your kids, you're cooking meals, you're working from home, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not exactly busting out your phone to watch a six minute video clip of Reese Witherspoon narrating a nature documentary about female hyenas ruling the roost. I mean, I would rather watch a video clip of Reese Witherspoon counting her money at this point. (laughs) Well, people, I think, have really been initially in the coronavirus lockdown. They were camped out in front of their actual TV sets. So obviously streaming service, you know, like Tiger King, Mm -hmm. which in a way is its own, I guess, nature documentary, I suppose. (laughs) It's about the animal kingdom, Um, you know, was the absolute hugest hit on Netflix and really in in all of TV because people were hunkered down in front of their screens and couldn't get enough binge watching. But that I think was also a communal thing where you were watching it together with people. You can't, if you're home with your family, you can't all huddle in front of your phone. So Quibi launched at an inopportune time. It's already, according to our report, fallen out of Apple's top 200 apps while Another another chart called Sensor Tower has it at the 1007th spot in apps. I mean even, you know, I think we here is <laughs> way ahead of 1007th. Hype Beast, which I know you read avidly, Maggie. Hype Beast reported this week that Quibi has no shortage of cash. It's got $1.7 billion in funding, but the problem is that the subscription service and ad revenue are crucial to continuing so it can make content and pay these stars. Even more worrying, subscribers are coming to the end of their initial free 90-day trials. Now, a Quibi spokesperson called Witherspoon's salary inaccurate and added, quote, We are pleased with the performance of Fierce Queens. We are grateful for Reese's continued support of Quibi. The rep also told us, and in regard to tightening our belt, our senior leadership team has volunteered to take a 10% pay cut because it's the right thing to do. We are excited about the future. As we shared in our most recent company meeting, the best is yet to come. The rep also said, we are confident in Quibi and the work that we are creating every day, while reps for Witherspoon were unavailable for comment. So I guess staff at Quibi is quibbling with paying these stars big bucks while their jobs could be on the line, just like everyone else in the 
tech world, media world, the world. If you listen to this podcast, you know that Ian and I both love Vanderpump Rules. And we have some psychic related scoop on Vanderpump Rules, which I cannot believe I'm saying out loud, but I'm so excited to share with you. So last year, a psychic medium named Chris Medina read Stassi Schroeder for an episode of her podcast, Straight Up with Stassi. And now he is shedding some light about what's been going on with our Vanderpumps, you know? Yeah, it, it's interesting because this season we've had a lot of behind-the-scenes characters mm-hmm. coming out and pulling back the curtain on the yeah. Vanderpump rules, including, you know, there was that editor who did a bunch of interviews on a podcast saying that she deliberately made Sheena Shea look bad on the show, and mm-hmm. that created a whole controversy. So what is this psychic saying? Maggie, as you know, I have the gift of Reiki healing, but I do not have <laughs> ESP. So I don't know what they said until you tell us. Well, this psychic told Page6.com's Chelsea Hirsch that Stasi Schroeder is highly intuitive. She's extremely calculated And that's why she's been kind of popping off because she's picking up on the intentions of other people. So, and I quote, what irritates the shit out of Stassi is, quote, bitch, don't tell me one thing and do another. So basically, Stassi is here communicating with the metaphysical, operating on a different plane than all of us. Could this be why the editors gave her and Bo the hero edit this season? Man, this is one sassy-ass psychic, Maggie. Yeah. And he also said that he has read almost the whole cast. So he's been around all of their psychic energies and all the woo-woo. I love how on Vanderpump, they all always do the same things. They're like a traveling real-life Melrose place. So it's like they work together. And then obviously, they don't even have to work in a restaurant anymore. So they all bought houses in the same neighborhood in the valley and they all live next door to each other and they always get their engagement rings from the same jeweler and they get their tattoos from the same tattooer and now they've gotten their psychic readings from the same psychic chris medina yeah the mystic- i'm calling funky cold medina <laughs> i mean i'm actually kind of bummed that the show is off the air because this season for me wasn't great but no. i I do like talking about it with you. And actually, it's funny because last night my dad called me. And, you know, usually my mom is the one who calls me. And he called me to tell me that, you know, to check in on how things were going on in Brooklyn and to tell me that my mom was watching that show about people who work in a restaurant. And I was Mm. like, that show. And he was like, you know, bander bollocks. And I was like, wait, (laughs) what? (laughs) That is what I'm calling Vanderpump Rules from now on, bander bollocks. Yeah, it's just so ridiculous. And I was like, oh, oh, Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, 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 of course. That's genius. <laughs> Vanderbollocks. It totally yeah. is Vanderbollocks. You if know, I, I actually – If I could get his take on – like they need this old Irish guy giving reviews of Bravo shows. It would be incredible, incredible content. Vanderbollocks. I – um, you know, it's weird. I've kind of missed out on Vanderbollocks a little bit this season because when it started and they – injected, which seems like an apt word for Vanderpump Rules somehow, they injected some new cast members into the cast. You know, there was some backlash. I actually kind of liked it. I I thought it worked. 
But for some reason, as this season went on and got more silly and the real world got more serious, Mm -hmm. I have to admit that I found it a bit difficult, Mm -hmm. even as shallow as I am, Maggie, to care about the trials and tribulations of the bander bollocks. But I feel like... Yeah, I feel like, but now, but I'm actually happy now that I kind of took a break because I know that it's there and at some point I'm going to need an escape. So I know it's there and I can always get back into bander bollocks and like a, like a psychic myself in this case, I know that it will absolutely deliver on a sort of trashy higher plane or no trashy lower plane. There you go. I mean, your feelings have changed and so have their faces. So enjoy. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode of We Here. Our show is produced by Jamila Zara-Williams and Melissa Caceres. We would love to hear your questions and ideas for the show. If there is anything you would like to tell us, please, please, please email us at podcasts at nypost.com. If you would like to hear the latest We Here episodes, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred platforms. And please, I'm being so nice today with all these matters. Don't forget to leave us a review. We will be back next week with more Page 6 exclusives. See you then.